Well, good morning, everyone. For those of you who were here when the service began, you'll notice that John had his uh, big uh, My Name is John sign, and I have to admit, at the first service, I didn't have my name tag on. So I'm Matt. I'm one of the pastors here, and this morning I either, I either had to recognize that from the front in front of all of you so that I could embarrass myself or run to the back and put a name tag on really quick. Either way, you guys were going to catch me, so I thought I'd just say hi. I'm Matt, one of the pastors here. Um, I also want to say hi to you who are joining us online. It is so great to have you with us, and you know what? God's with you there as you're watching and praying and worshiping with us as much as God is with us here this morning. Amen? Do we all agree? We agree. Awesome. So it's so great to have you here. Um, We are so excited to be walking through the Bible book by book, cover to cover, uh, over these next few months. And I hope that it's been a real encouragement for you as we've been getting started. I want to encourage some of you, maybe you haven't been able to start your readings. That is totally okay. We would love to have you join us as we go through God's Word together um, through the series called The Story. And uh, this morning, it's really awesome because uh, in our River Tots uh, programs, in our River Kids programs, and here this morning, we are all talking about the story of Joseph. And so uh, for those of you who have little ones, maybe a, a son or a daughter that are here, I uh, would love for you to take advantage of the opportunity that you have to talk together about maybe some of the things that God is, is leading us here on this morning. But first, um, I have somebody I'd like to introduce to you. Matt, if you could join us up here on the stage. Matt is a friend of mine. Uh, we've gotten to know each other over the last few years. Uh, Matt is in grade 12 at Harborview High School, uh, potentially someday with the dream of studying marine biology so we can pray for him that as he graduates that that, the Lord would open those doors for him. Uh, He was part of our men at prayer group last night or yesterday as uh, he was on the paintball team. Do you guys do okay? Did you get hit a lot? Okay, all right, that's good. Uh, He also um, was part of our, uh, in in Jay Walkers, our high school youth group, Matt and I were in the same small group uh, all last year. And I got to say, Matt has an awesome sense of humor. Doesn't matter what we're talking about or how we're talking about it. Matt can always try to find the light side of things and to bring a joke into it or something that um, all of us just didn't see coming and just kind of created a a wonderful atmosphere um, in our small group time. Now, the reason why I want you to get to know Matt a little bit is because Matt is 17 years old. And as we talk about Joseph today, Joseph's story starts when he was 17 years old. And so all of these things that we're going to talk about this morning starts with a 17-year-old. So I want you to have a picture in your mind about a 17-year-old as we talk about the story of Joseph. So thanks, Matt. Thanks for letting us use you as an example. Thank you. If you do have your Bibles with you, uh, we're not going to go through 14 chapters this morning, but we are going to pick out some of the highlights from Genesis chapter 37 to chapter 50. All right, so uh, I'm on page uh, 68, and that lands me at uh, chapter 41. So that would be a good place for you if you want to follow along and uh, as uh, as we learn about the story of Joseph. Now, interestingly... Joseph has more content in the book of Genesis than any other person so far that we've been talking about. So there's more to say about Joseph than Adam and Eve, more to say about Joseph than Noah or even Abraham, like we were talking about last week. But the story of Joseph 
is a story about how God will work for good even when things seem like they're out of control. And I know the story of Genesis takes, takes, takes place so long ago. And for us in our minds today, it might be hard for us to think about uh, how the stories of Genesis could make sense in our world here in 2016. But I have a few questions for you. Think about the story of Joseph. And have you ever experienced any of these things before? Have you ever been the beneficiary of favoritism? And maybe something went your way? And other people were maybe jealous of you for, for having received that? Have you ever been betrayed by a friend or a family member? Have you ever been alone in a new environment? Have you ever been falsely accused and then punished for something you didn't do? Maybe you've helped someone in a desperate time of need. And after that season of need came and went, you were, you were completely forgotten about by that person. Maybe you really needed a miracle from God, or you have a leadership position that affects so many people by the decisions that you make. Maybe you've struggled to forgive, or you've been apart from someone for a very long time. Maybe you've been face-to-face with a loved one, and as you were sitting with them on their deathbed, they ask you to make a promise for them. See, if you've ever experienced any of those things, you get Joseph, because he, he experienced them all. In fact, you could say that for a long time in Joseph's life, things never seemed to go the way that they were planned. And so as we've been reading in our reading plans this week, I will summarize a few of those things uh, that we've been reading about. Out of a jealous rage that the brothers had, Joseph was taken by his brothers, lied to their father so that Joseph was presumed dead, Joseph was sold into slavery. He was sent to Egypt where he was sold to a man named Potiphar. And Potiphar, he was a, uh, he was a guardsman. He, he was a captain of the guards at a prison. And things were going well there with Potiphar. In fact, Potiphar recognized that God was working in Joseph's life. Things were going well. But just at that time, Joseph was falsely accused of sexual abuse. He was thrown in jail. And then even then, while he was in jail, God allowed Joseph to grow in in reputation, grow in status and respect and honor, and he was actually given responsibilities while he was in prison. but, But even then, when one of the prisoners was released and had the opportunity to help Joseph get out of of jail, Joseph was completely forgotten about and continued to stay in jail. And so it goes... Uh, for Joseph for over 20 years. For 20 years in Joseph's life, it seemed like it was one step forward and five steps back. And I am sure that we can all relate to that in one way or another. Maybe some of us are working our way to get out of debt and things are going pretty well and then all of a sudden some kind of financial downturn happens in our life and it feels like we're back to where we were. Or maybe we're trying to exercise more or get a little bit more healthy. We're eating better, we're exercising, we're getting out. But then maybe we get injured or something that happens that disrupts our routine. And then again, all of a sudden, it seems like we are not making any progress. Or maybe we have a friend or a relationship that it just has been broken for a really long time. Maybe it was an apology that was never given. Or maybe we know that we we, uh, hurt somebody. And so we try to go and make an effort to build that relationship back up again, 
only for another conflict to come its way and it feels like all of your work and your prayer and your hope were just devastated in that time. If you understand what it's like to feel that way, you understand Joseph. Uh, But here's what we need to learn from Joseph, and here's what I think God is teaching us uh, through these 14 chapters in the book of Genesis. It's that God is relentless in working through our situations to bring about his purposes, his plan, his glory, and then therefore our good. God always has a plan in Joseph's life, even and especially when Joseph couldn't see him. At the end of Joseph's life, when Joseph sees God's perspective on everything that he went through, Joseph realizes that he was for the good of it all. And we read about it in these chapters, but Joseph, we, we, read, we have 14 chapters to read about the story of Joseph. But Joseph had to live his whole life for him to realize what we can read so quickly. And so as we talk about Joseph today, can I, can I give us a verse actually from the New Testament for us to be thinking about as we read the story of Joseph? It's in Romans, it's in Romans 8.28. It's a very familiar word, verse, but still very helpful for us today. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. In other words, though our situations change drastically, God's relationship with us stays the same. So for this reason, Joseph can rise again after situations that certainly would have broken him. In times when Joseph endured pain, he could have easily given up. God was with him. And we read about that all through the story of Joseph. When Joseph was sold into, uh, when Joseph was, was sent to prison by Potiphar, it says, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Imagine the fight that Joseph could have had to fight for his freedom, to fight for his innocence, and to fight against the very people that he was earning his respect for. Or imagine the bitterness and the anger that Joseph could have held against his brothers for the very betrayal that started this whole downward spiral for Joseph in the first place. If anything at all, it seems like the dysfunction that was in Abraham's family was passed down to his great-grandson, these brothers, uh, after, uh, down the line, down his line. But, but Joseph, and as what we need to learn too, is that he didn't let bitterness or despair or anger or the need to get revenge or unforgiveness rule his life. There was no benefit to Joseph in that. And there is no benefit to God if we allow those things to rule in our lives as well. Instead, we read that Joseph would have eventually had the opportunity to meet Pharaoh from prison. Uh, he, uh, Joseph was able to help Pharaoh interpret uh, Pharaoh's dreams. And through those dreams, God showed Joseph, through the dreams of Pharaoh, that there were seven years coming of some really good times. There was going to be food. There was going to be prosperity. Things were going to be great for seven whole years. But after that, seven years of recession and famine were coming. And yet, in 
an interpretation of a dream, which in my mind only says that there, God had to have something to do with this, Pharaoh trusts the prisoner Joseph and says, yes, I will trust you and I will give you responsibility. I will release you from prison and you can have rule over our land so that you are responsible for everything else except for my private matters. Joseph climbed the ladder from prison pretty high and it was God's hand in all of that. Pharaoh released Joseph from prison and Joseph rose to power, having authority to rule over all of Egypt. And the whole time, Joseph remembered God's goodness through it all. So in chapter uh, 41 of, of, uh, of Genesis, uh, it talks about how Joseph grew into this power and things were going well for him. Joseph was able to have children. And it says that he named two of his children in uh, verse 51, the last half a word on page 68 in your red Bible. It says, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget all of my trouble and all of my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Manasseh means forget, forget, and Ephraim means fruitful. And so even in the naming of his children who were born in Egypt, God is remember, or Joseph is remembering God's goodness. The fact that God was so good to him after all of the hardship that Joseph endured that he could forget all of the hardship that he had in his past. In other words, by being Pharaoh's right-hand man, Joseph recognized that he had the authority to rule over so much and yet was under God's control the whole time. So Joseph's story really isn't so much an example or a story about all the things that Joseph endured, but instead it's a story of God's faithfulness. So Joseph and Egypt, they enjoyed seven years of plenty, their status in the land, they were saving their resources for the upcoming recession. And when the famine began, people began to flock to Egypt for a chance to survive. And then, as only God would have it, Joseph stood face to face with his brothers who betrayed him, at this point, 20 years ago. Over 20 years ago, years had passed to this moment where Joseph is brought face to face again to the very brothers that betrayed him. Now, if we could just go back in time a little bit, I don't know if you, maybe you don't want to raise your hand, but if you can remember 1996, I remember 1996 loud and clear. I was in middle school. I was having fun at the dances. We were slow dancing to Celine Dion. We were doing the Macarena. I was rocking out to Alanis Morissette. Lots of fun. Uh, We were watching movies. Um, Oh, oh, uh, uh, Independence Day was a movie that came out this year. Well, that was in the 20th anniversary of Independence Day that came out 20 years ago. Space Jam, Happy Gilmore, all the classics of movies. And then some of you might remember in 1996 was also the year the Olympics were held in Atlanta. And at that time, uh, he's a reporter now for CBC, but we talk about the epic sprint that Donovan Bailey had uh, and as Canadians celebrated that he was the fastest man in the world. All of those things happened uh, 20 years ago in 1996. Now, I know that not everybody was alive uh, 20 years ago, but in that 
in that time in your mind, if you can go back to 20 years ago, all the things that were going on in our world, that is the amount of time that Joseph's father believed that his son was dead. Could you imagine the news when Jacob hears that his son Joseph is alive? Joseph's own father believed that he was dead for 20 years. So here's Joseph. He's face-to-face with his other brothers who betrayed him. He recognizes them immediately and then takes advantage of this opportunity to test their brother's integrity. Are these guys going to learn from the mistake that they made to me 20 years ago? Not in a way to get revenge, but instead as a way to examine their hearts and to see if they realize who he is. So the first time that uh, uh, Jacob's sons go to visit Joseph in Egypt, uh, they actually keep one of the brothers behind. Joseph keeps Simeon and then sends the rest of the family back with all of the grain and as well as all of the money that they brought with in the first place. But then a second time they come back, they receive their brother Simeon, and then Joseph threatens to take Benjamin, one of the youngest brothers, in place. And so in that exchange, in the threat of having another brother kept in Egypt, the brothers realize all of the wrong that they've done 20 years prior. And it's mentioned here, it says, They said to one another, Surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we would not listen. That's why this distress has come upon us. Here's the amazing part of the story is that Joseph had let the past go. How many people, I I know about me in my life, I love movies and I love stories where it's all about the good guys getting revenge on the bad guys uh, for all of the wrongdoings that they have caused on innocent people. I love those stories. They're fascinating to me. And I get get myself excited uh, when when the, the the wrongs get righted. But Joseph, the second most powerful person in Egypt, if not all of the entire world, certainly had the authority and the power to get whatever revenge that he wanted. But instead, because of Joseph's love for his family and knowing that God had blessed him, comes a great story of reconciliation. How few of us would have responded in the same way. We can't let our bitterness, our anger, or our unforgiveness rule our lives. It's not God's way. Instead, overwhelmed with emotion that he was reunited with his brothers and to hear that his father Jacob was alive, Joseph reveals to his brothers who he is, and the entire family eventually moves to Egypt where there is land for them, where there is food, and where there is a pros- uh, where there's a availability for them to survive. So God's people, after being led to Canaan by Abraham, as we learned about last week with Pastor Rob, he is now, the God's people are now on their way again, this time to Egypt. And just before Joseph's father Jacob dies... He blesses his ten children and the two children of Joseph, Manasseh and Ephraim. And those twelve children begin what we now know throughout the rest of the Bible, the twelve tribes of Israel. But Jacob, after Jacob died, the brothers were thinking, okay, now that Jacob's dead, my, da- my dad's dead, 
Joseph probably is going to get his revenge now. He was probably just making his dad happy uh, by keeping us healthy and, and safe and prosperous. So the brothers were still testing Joseph to see, you know, are we still cool here? Or, or is it time for you to get angry at us? But the book of Genesis ends with this wonderful promise from Joseph to his brothers, the promise of reconciliation, the promise of peace. He says to his brothers, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. The story reminds us on how nothing can get in God's way. Nothing can get in God's way. Sometimes the trouble of our day do seem overwhelming, but even in those times of questions or of pain, God is with us. God is working and moving and doing great things and leading people to himself and therefore to our good. And our perspective, our attitudes, our our hope, they can all be transformed in knowing that God was with Joseph and that God is with us. By the time that Joseph was 39 years old, Joseph endured 22 years of bad times. 22 years of pain and suffering and questioning and wondering, where is my life heading, heading and why do all things seem like they're out of control? But at the end of Genesis, we're reminded that, yeah, by the time Joseph was 39, he had 22 years of pain, but he lived to be 110. 22 short years of pain, but 71 years of blessing followed. So because of this story of Joseph, how are we going to trust that God is with us this week? That's a question I'd like us to think about as we close. How will we trust that God is with us this week? Maybe you know of a relationship that you have that seems so broken that there's no hope of reconciliation. Or maybe you're feeling that the loss uh, that, you're in, that you're suffering through or the loss of, uh, or some other pain is so heavy that you feel like God's forgotten you. Or maybe you've been wronged, and for so many years you've been waiting for the opportunity to right that wrong and get your revenge. God's plans are not interrupted or delayed by our circumstances. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up as we close here. But let's all of us remember that he is with us. He is carrying out his plan. He's working around us. He's working through those people who love him. So we need to trust him. We need to trust that what he has in store for us is for our good. Yeah, absolutely. The consequences of pain and of sin and of loss are tragic and they hurt. Absolutely they do. But God is with us. We can trust him because he showed it to Joseph. And of course, once and for all, he showed it through Jesus, who endured the pain of abandonment by God, to suffer a death that he didn't deserve so that we can be made right. And that is the good news that God has for us. Nothing else matters compared to the fact that we have a hope of an eternity with God in a God who loves us and has made a way into making a difference in our world today so that we can follow his path. Of course, the reality is that for some of us, it means we need to let go of what we think is good for us and to hold on to what God knows is good for us. We can be forgiven. We can be made right with God and choose to trust him no matter what. So let's trust him. Let's pray.
God, we know that in our lives that there are troubles, that there's pain and there's suffering. We know that there are things, Lord, that distract us from the life and the promise that you have for us. But even in those times, Lord, we can trust you and we can praise you and we can thank you that you never abandon us. Even in Joseph's life, as he endured years and years and years of suffering and pain and trials, you gave him blessing. And you showed him that there was a path and a process for him to discover who you are and how you were working in their lives. So Lord, help us to see you in our lives today and that even in this week as it comes our way as different people we'll interact with, perhaps different pains that we've been suffering or other concerns that feel like they're not getting answered by you. Help us to trust you in knowing that you are there, that you love us, that you are guiding us, and that you are working for our good. Lord, we trust you, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.